Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Listen to the parable of the talents from Matthew chapter 25. For it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his, man's, his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine, with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even that which he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Rich, for that. Lord God, um, we come before you right now, Lord, as a family of believers um, and here together. Lord, just to see, see what you want to tell us today, God. Um, I thank you for your scripture. Um, 
that we're able to uh, unpack together, and I pray that you would just uh, take over, Lord, all of my thoughts, all of my words, all of my studies and notes and everything, God, and just um, uh, you speak through me, Lord. I pray that every person in this room would be encouraged, that every person in this room would um, maybe be able to see something that they might need to, need to adjust and see, see some ways that we can grow and become closer to you through it, Lord, and um, we just thank you for this time that we get to have together. Thank you that we get to come to this wonderful theater and, and have church. God, let us never, ever take that for granted. What a, what a blessing that is, Lord, and we just give it all to you, and right now, um, we turn our attention to you to hear you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as Pastor Roger said, uh, we are in this series called Entrusted that started last week, uh, and it's based off of the parable we just heard from Rich. Uh, the parable of the talents, and uh, there's so many things that God has entrusted us with. Last week, Pastor Roger kicked it off and introduced our <clears throat> entrusted uh, campaign that we're doing from now until December 18th, which I'll talk more about in a second, but um, basically the thought for this series is that we've been given so much by God, and it's, it's on us to use that for the glory of his kingdom, right? Um, so we're going to be looking at a, f- a few different things over the next few weeks. We're looking at the same parable every week, so that's exciting. I think it's really cool to just kind of really soak this in. And hopefully all of us over the next five weeks will truly know this parable and we'll know it from a diff- few different angles. So we're going to look at um, a few different things. So today we're going to look at our treasure, the treasure that God has entrusted to us. We're going to look at time that God has entrusted to us. We're going to look at relationships that God has entrusted to us, and we're going to look at the talents or the giftings that God has entrusted to us. So every person in this room has something that God's entrusted to you, and um, we, as that parable says, we want to be able to utilize it well and glorify God. So um, a couple phrases that I want us to pull out of here and just kind of notch them in the back of your brain for the rest of the sermon. The first one is that, uh, he call, who called his servants and entrusted to them, entrusted to them his property, okay? Entrusted to them his property is at the very beginning. And then another one is kind of down in the middle here. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. And this whole parable, it says at the beginning, for it will be what Pastor Roger told us yesterday, last week, um, that it is the kingdom of God and the reign of God in our life. And that's what this is all about. This is, this is what it's talking about. <clears throat> so enter into the joy of your master. Um, another one is that, and this is some of the, uh, the difficult part or the harder part to think about of this, but I knew you to be a hard man, said the third servant. I knew you to be a hard man, so I was afraid. He was afraid, okay, remember that. And then everyone who has more will be given. So, this right here, this series, is all about ownership and everything that God has entrusted to us, not, uh, not really even given to us. I think we're thinking about the things that he's entrusted to us, that he, we are called to manage um, everything that he's given us. So as we unpack Scripture, and this, this format of unpacking can be applied to every passage of Scripture, <clears throat> um, and it kind of is three different, three different things that we look at. And the first one is a human problem, or it always relates and comes back to sin, a sin pattern. Um, So each passage of Scripture um, is going to talk about sin, and it's going to talk about things that we should not do as humans. Um, And then we're going to look at a divine solution, which is how God has always made 
a way out. God has always made us a way to, to put the sin aside and move forward. And then we're going to look at a human response, which is our life application. So every scripture that we read, you should be able to pull out of it an application um, to how we should live today. So um, the Bible's a living word, and, and everything that we read, it's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it, that, you know, if you walk with the Lord for many, many years, you're probably going to read certain scriptures over and over again, but each time it just enriches you in a different way. Um, so the three things about this passage, the parable of the talents, the first one, the sin pattern, is that fear caused his failure. Fear is what caused the third servant's failure. And I'm sure most of us can relate when we're talking about finances and the treasure that God's entrusted to us. It can be fearful, right? I can remember many times um, letting you all in on a little bit of the back end of our our business. So a lot of you probably know we own and manage a flooring business. And uh, our finance uh, cycle is every two weeks. So we we do things on a two-week cycle, basically. So every two weeks, I got to pay bills. And just over the five years that we've been been running the business, um, there's been quite a few times where our finance manager will come to me. I ask her to give me three or four day heads up before paying all the bills, um, what it's going to look like. And so I can remember many Fridays, typically it's usually on Tuesday when we pay them, and she tells me on Friday, this Tuesday we're going to be paying boop, this much. And um, I can remember many times where it's like, okay, well, we've got the weekend to uh, get it together and sell something. So um, <clears throat> anyways, there's, there's a fear that is, is unfortunately, it's, it's kind of easy when it comes to finances. It can be fearful of the future, fearful of, you know, some people, you know, some people have a pretty locked in solid salary maybe, but um, I know a lot of people like myself, it's, it's, it's basically up to you to perform and up to you, and it's up to, you know, obviously God to provide is the ultimate thing, but, um, you know, there's a, there can be a fear attached to the worry that what if we don't, have sales next month or what if we don't you know what if what if something happens you know so the fear is is the human problem in this passage that we're looking at so fear caused his failure so we're going to hopefully be able to bring some comfort and and be able to um, eliminate a lot of the fear and anxiety as it relates to finances Um, so the god the the divine solution and the way that god has made a way out is what the, the phrase that i told you to remember Enter into the joy of your master. Well done, good and faithful servant. So God has made a way that if we manage his resources well, if we take the property entrusted to us and use it well, God's going to say at the end, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we want, right? Amen? Amen. Sorry, my throat's a little bit scratchy today, so I'm going to be sipping on this water probably pretty regularly. Um, okay, so the divine solution, if we manage God's money well that he's given to us, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's the divine solution. The third thing, our life application is really where we're going to spend the rest of our time <clears throat> together, um, looking at ways that we can handle our money and be faithful over a little. So that's what he says, you were faithful over a little, now I will set you over much. So um, we're going to talk about that being faithful part a a lot. We're going to really look at some practical ways that we can do that. Um, But before we do, I kind of, as I was just thinking about this over the last, I guess, three or four weeks, um, God brought me back to our original intent 
as human beings. So if you go all the way back to the beginning, at creation, God created animals and humans, and he said the same thing to both of them. What did he say? Be fruitful and multiply, right? Be fruitful and multiply. So obviously that applied to fill in the earth with animals and humans, but um, it also, I believe, applies to what we're talking about today, our finances. I believe that we're called to be fruitful and multiply in all areas of life, um, but today we're talking about our treasure. So um, be fruitful and multiply. Who can take a guess? I, bet, I know there's a ton of smart people in the room, so probably going to have a lot of people guessing on this or knowing this, probably. How many decisions do you think we make in a day? A thousand? Anyone else? 722. Okay, so I uh, did some studying, and studies say, now obviously some days we have to think a little less than others, but on an average, an average day, we have 35,000 decisions to make. It's on Google. You can check it out. 35,000 decisions we have to make each day. Now, obviously, there's a lot of little ones that are kind of second nature to eat and breathe and all those things, but um, we have a lot of decisions to make, and it it can be overwhelming if you think about it like that, but um, a lot of those decisions, I don't know the statistic here, but a lot of those decisions relate to our money, right? Every you know, there's, everybody's got bills, everybody's got, you know, stuff to do, and everybody's got to make money decisions every day, right? Every, you know, every time you turn a light on, you know what that happened, you know what's happening there? Your bill's going up a little bit. Every time you turn a light off, yeah, you're saving a little bit, right? Or if you keep your AC high, whatever, you know, there's all kinds of different things we could do. Uh, but every, every, a lot of decisions that we make each day relate to our money. And the, the, the reason I'm telling you that is because I feel like this is a very, very uh, important topic that we talk about. It's really crucial that <clears throat> we understand how God wants us to view money, which is what we're going to look at first, and then the ways that um, we're going to be fruitful, or I mean, sorry, we're going to be faithful over a little. So a recent survey done by Career Builder, as I sip the water, says that the vast majority of Americans, 78%, live paycheck to paycheck. So um, that's, that's, that's not a really good statistic. I mean, you know, it's, we're, called to, we're called to better than that. We're called to do all that we can. Now, obviously, I know there's certain circumstances that surround, and it's, um, it's difficult in a lot of stages of life. Trust me, I understand that. But um, God wants us to be fruitful, and he wants us to um, be able to Live, live differently and be able to go, go further than that. So um, the first thing we got to get right, I believe, is our mindset about money and how we view money. So this is on the front part, bottom of your outline. <clears throat> the first thing is that it all belongs to God. So remember the phrase we said um, that he had, the master entrusted his property to them. Everything that we have belongs to God. It relates to finance, that relates to things, that relates to everything. All, the, all of it belongs to God. Um, how many in here have ever driven their boss's car? You can raise your hand. I know somebody has. Okay, we've got a couple. We've got a few. So I can remember the first time that I drove my boss's car, and you get behind the wheel, and you're like, okay, whew, make sure mirror's right. You're really doing all, taking all the steps, right? You're doing it right, and you're, you're two hands on the wheel and making sure you do it right. I'm not going to mess this car up because that would not be good. I kind of see that the same way with our money. We need to really look at it that way. We need to be 
cautious and careful in how we spend money and how we use money. Um, <clears throat> and because we know it, it all belongs to God. And we really ought to, I think sometimes we don't think about it that way and we kind of get a little loose and flippant with it. But we got to remember that we're driving our boss's car, right? So um, <clears throat> it all belongs to God, number one. Number two in the way that we should view money is that money is a tool we use to glorify God. After first service, I had an interesting conversation with a guy, and um, he, he, he was actually this morning on his walk, walk here, um, was thinking about money. He didn't even know what was going on or what was, he was his first time here. But um, he was thinking, talking to me about how a lot of people view money incorrectly. A lot of people view money as evil, even though it's not. The love of money is evil. The greed is evil. But money is not evil. Money, um, yes, can be tempting to um, want to <clears throat> use for sinful things, um, but money is a tool that we use to glorify God, and we need to all see it that way. So first, it belongs to God. Two, money is a tool we use to glorify God. And number three, money is not eternal. So there's a balance. We've got to bring it into perspective and know that money is not eternal, but you know what is eternal? The way you handle your money, the way you use your money, because that's, that's a big, big deal. Um, it's really important to God. It's really really critical how we handle it. And obviously, just as the, the parable told us, um, the way we handle our money is, is, is eternal, and, and, and you can make a, an eternal difference. Um, I got an illustration uh, as we close how we should view money, and I've got a little bit of money right here. Old-fashioned cash. Anybody seen cash in a while? It's not as common anymore. Not many people carry cash, but I got some. And <clears throat> here's how we ought to view money, okay? So it's called open-handed. We need to have an open hand. The money belongs here, and we don't close it. It's not ours. We don't hide it, right? We just learned that. We keep an open hand, and we have to use our other hand to kind of divvy it out. Obviously, we all know it comes and goes, uh, but we, we've got to use it the right way, but we never take it as ours. We never close it, as, you know, we never close our hand, and that's the kind of just keep your hand, hand open and know God's given me this to handle. God's given me this to use right. How do I do that and what do I do? But I don't ever close it and keep it as mine. Does that make sense? I hope that helped a little bit, but um, there it is. So open-handed. Keep an open hand when it comes to money. All right? And then before we get into how we can be faithful, you see at the bottom of your outline a bunch of scriptures, right? So one thing I love about today's service, and we're trying to um, do this a lot, but a lot of scripture, right? Brian, Pastor Brian read, read scripture during worship. Then Roger read a bunch of scripture. We got a lot of scripture to go into. Um, the, all those scriptures down there, I don't think it's on your outline. One of, yeah, so it's just the scriptures there. <clears throat> but all of those relate to hard work, okay? So before we even talk about how we're supposed to handle money, how we're supposed to use it, you got to have some, right? You got to work, so um, all those verses there, and I really narrowed it down. So I did a kind of a deep study about work ethic and looked for a bunch of scriptures, and I found 100 verses in the Bible related to work. 100 verses related, you know, um, all that we do, we do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. There's all kinds of different ones in Proverbs, tons. Hard work, hard work, hard work. <clears throat> so we have to be the people and lead the charge as believers that when we show up, man, blow your boss away at how, how well you do your job. 
And I promise you that's going to that's gonna lead to where you're not going to be living paycheck to paycheck because bosses like it when they see good hard work and things get done. I can tell you that for sure. Um, so we have to be people who really, really make it a point to show up to work. As soon as you clock in, man, do everything you can. That There's a really a bad culture right now in terms of work ethic from what I've seen. Um, being an employer, I, you know, I've had a bunch of employees over the years and um, a lot of people want to make money, but not a lot of people want to work, right? So let's be people who want to work. And yes, we want to have money to provide for the things we're going to talk about. But um, first, it takes hard work. So the one verse I do want to read <clears throat> to you out of that list is Proverbs 10, verse 4. And hopefully this doesn't, con- uh, hopefully if it doesn't step on your toes in the wrong way and gets you mad, but hopefully it gets you um, encouraged to be better. Um, and convicted maybe, but lazy people, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. And all those other verses on there, uh, a lot of them say, you know, we work for God. And, and so I would like for you to study them. We don't have time to read every one, but um, I, think it's, I think it's good to go home with some extra scriptures to study. Even in small groups, we could look at these. Um, so look at those passages and really just take a self-assessment and say, hey, when I go to work, am I giving my best every single day? That's, that's what it takes. And, and God honors that. God really does bless that. You'll see in those scriptures. Um, that's, that's what God, God wants us to do. All right. So we are going to move on to the backside of your outline, I do believe. Yeah. Backside of your outline. How can we be faithful over a little? So a lot of you in here know I'm over our kids' ministry upstairs and teaching the kids' classes a lot. And we talk about money with the kiddos uh, not in the preschool, but once they get to f- first grade, right? Yeah, first grade. Um, <clears throat> we start talking to them about money, and they, we take up an offering and try to, try to teach them the right things. And I've been teaching for a long time a simple, simple process. Give, save, spend in that order. Give, save, spend. We're talking about handling our money. And as I was preparing for this, um, and this was even recent, um, God kind of enlightened me a little bit that um, it needs to go a little bit deeper than that. It needs to go a little bit more than that. And what he showed me was, which is, it's on your outline here, um, it's a six-step process. You go give, save, spend, yes, and then you actually go give, save, spend again in different ways, which I'm going to show you. Um, and really just kind of even, you know, inspired me to be better in, in how we handle our money and just um, encouraged me. So um, we're going to dig into this. And again, this is in an order. So it's God has an order for this. And the first one is the really only non-negotiable one of all of them. It's the one that we, we absolutely just, as, as believers, God has called us to do this, and that's tithe. Give tithe. Okay, we give our tithe. And a tithe, God made it really simple for us. A tithe is just 10%. So simple, easy math, 10%. You just move the decimal, you know, over whichever way. I know y'all are opposite from me, but anyways, we move it over, move it the right way. Um, 10%. So if we get $1,000, we give $100. Um, And this is truly, truly a very important thing. I want to read a couple scriptures. The first one is Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Malachi 3, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, God speaking. But you may ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? 
You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, God says. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And you know what I love about that? Yes, God mentions you're under a curse briefly. Um, but, but what he really spends a lot of the time talking about is just the blessing that comes when you understand the concept of tithing and when you commit to it. Um, and it's, it's very, very important um, that the, the local church that you call your home, um, that you tithe. And uh, the, it's, again, it's the first thing that we do, as it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all you produce. Um, and I can just tell you, I could speak for another two hours of the, the constant um, testimonies that come in of people who you see tithe and they just, it's, it's amazing how it works. You can, you know, if you're not tithing and you think about starting to tithe, it can be like, I already don't make enough. How could I handle 10% less than what I make? That doesn't make any sense. And it actually kind of doesn't, you know what I mean? And like a natural thinking, but supernaturally, God always commits, just like it says here. Um, you know, I've seen people who who don't tithe, and they're kind of like, man, what is going on? Why can't I, you know, if you're like maybe a salesperson or whatever, I, I'm not making sales, and nobody's wanting to hear what I got to say, and it's like, well, are you tithing? And um, it's just, the, 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 as it says here, he's going to protect his crop. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. So it goes more than just money side of things. It's like all, of, all that you do is going to become a, so much easier when you commit to tithing. I've got an illustration. I told you about the umbrella. Here it is. I'm going to show you now. Everybody's been waiting. I know everybody's been waiting to see what was going on with this umbrella. So here's what, here's what tithing is to me. This is how I see it. Like I told first service, I think it's bad to open one of these inside, but we're going to do it. There we go. Okay. Umbrella. Nice big one. So here's how I kind of see it. Whenever you tithe, or let's start it like this. When you don't tithe, you're not underneath the umbrella, and the storms of life come rain, you're getting soaked, um, even, you know, shiny bright lights and sun is shining all over you. Um, but when you commit to tithing, you move under the umbrella, that is the blessing that we just read, and you're protected. This is a nice big one. You're protected from the rain. You're protected from the storms of life. And that applies to money, and it applies to just your walk with God. It's going to be so much better when you're under that umbrella. And right now, I like it because I can actually see you guys, and my, I'm not shined to death by these awesome lights. I love you lights, but I love this umbrella right now. But I got to put it away, right, Stephen? All right. So, all right, but look, so just remember this umbrella, and remember that when we tithe, we're walking under the blessing of God. We're walking under the protection of God. He's going to keep us safe from the storm and the rains and, and hail and whatever may come, you know, figuratively, obviously, in life. But I don't want to put this thing up. But anyways, here we go. All right. So hope that helps you to kind of think about tithing in that way and know that God's going to protect you. So um, one more sip. So tithing needs to become kind of like putting on your seatbelt, right? What's the first thing you do when you get in the car? Hopefully you put your seatbelt on. Okay. 
dad to speak here. Um, but put your seatbelt on when you get in the car, and what does it do? It protects you. It keeps you safe if, if bad things happen in the car. Um, and it's, it's kind of, you know, when you get it, if you've been driving for any amount of time, it's just second nature. Boom, put it on. And that's what it needs to become like with tithing. It needs to become natural, easy. It doesn't need to be, you know, something we even have to really consider. It just needs to be, okay, yep, yeah, put my seatbelt on. Okay, you know, pay the tithe. Easy. All right. So, um, side note real quick about tithing. <clears throat> um, I... Uh, <clears throat> We bought the business from Chelsea's dad five years ago, and prior to that, I kind of was really studying scripture and thinking uh, about should a business tithe? Well, some people teach um, that, you know, a business doesn't have a soul. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Um, And a business, if money's in a business and money comes in, it definitely could be spent. I definitely get that. Um, But I kind of just really did my own study because um, you know, for, for a certain amount of time, I was responsible for, for this, you know, what this, and then now as I'm buying this business, I'm going to be responsible for quite a bit more. I need to really understand this and really know, and I'm not here to like say, this is the way to do it because there's a lot of people, even Dave Ramsey, who say, um, you know, an, an owner should tithe when they take money from the business, um, and not necessarily the business tithe on what comes into the business. Well, I just, like I said, I wanted to know for me. I didn't want to hear from somebody else. I wanted to really study it. So here's what I studied. Um, Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce, okay? And then I also went to um, look at the Old Testament and kind of look at the, you know, Abraham and Joseph and Jacob, some of these guys that God blessed immensely um, financially and looked at what they did. Well, they were bringing tithes of, you know, goats and lambs and the things that they produced. That's what it says. And, um, you know, that was their business. That was their, you know, livelihood if they were farmers. So um, I kind of challenged the thought of a business shouldn't tithe. And I thought, you know, well, dang, man, I, you know, the blessing that we just read about in Malachi 3, I don't just want it for me as the owner. I want it for our business, you know, the whole thing. Um, and so we did decide five years ago that, um, we, we tithe on the profit. And, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of teaching out there that says you don't need to do that. But just what I want you to do, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yes, you should. Do what I did and just kind of study the scriptures and think about it for yourself and take an honest assessment of what do I, you know, what should I do? And Lord, the Lord will lead you and guide you. And um, I think, you know, I think you'll, you'll, you'll come to an understanding there. So um, that's what I have about the first step, which, like I said, of all six of these, is really the one that has to stay at the top, really the one um, that <clears throat> is non-negotiable. I mean, that's, that's just the way that it is. And that's not me telling you that. That's, that's what the Bible we just read. So the second thing, we remember give, save, spend. Second one is save. So we need to save for emergencies. We need to save for um, having a, you know, a rainy day, if you will. Uh, save for expenses that come up. The uh, Bible tells us in Proverbs 21.20, the wise, and of quick clue about Proverbs. When it says wise, you want to listen up and it'll say fools a lot and you want to put, don't do what the fool says. Don't do what it says about fools. Do what it says about wise. So the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. We need to save and we need to set aside and be prepared for unforeseen things that come up. Not going to spend a ton of time on that, um, but give, save, save for emergencies and then spend, okay? Spend for, first off, the first round, spend for your needs. 
Okay, that's your blank there. Spend for your needs. And obviously, um, you, need to, you need to have, you know, food for your family. You need to have any of the bills that you got to pay. Uh, you don't need Disney Plus or Netflix. It's nice to have those things, which we're going to get to. But we got to consider our needs. Our needs are absolutely, what do we have that, or what do we need to survive? You know, that's our needs. That's a true need. So a lot of people, when you think about spending on needs, some people might think they need fancy things, but they don't, you don't really need fancy things. You don't need some of the things that we consider needs. Let's really, you know, let's honor and be good stewards of what God's given us and really assess, whoops, sorry, assess what are true needs, okay? So we spend on our needs. And something to consider when we think about spending, and this goes to both, both sides of spending, but... Um, the phrase of can I versus should I? Can I versus should I? So you might be walking through Target and see a cool Bluetooth speaker. Can I buy this $200 Bluetooth speaker? Yeah, I can. Should I? I know I probably got some insurance bills coming up due and taxes in November and all that. You know, I shouldn't. Okay, so let's let's really be, be cognizant and think. I know that sounds so simple, but honestly... A lot of people don't get it, right? <laughs> um, a lot of people, just based on, oh, can I? Yeah, I got a credit card with a $1,200 limit. I can buy the $600 thing. That's not the, right, that's not the right thinking process. The process should be, should I? And if you feel good about should I, then, then, then get it. And we're talking about our needs. So we're going to run through it again. Give of our tithe. Save for emergency. Spend on our needs first. We're not spending yet on other things, just what we need. Then number four, we, we kind of go back through it again, like I told you earlier. Give. Give of our offerings. Okay, so you think, well, we already talked about offerings. Don't we know we talked about tithe. So tithe is the bare minimum of what, what God calls us to give. There's then offerings, which is over and above the tithe. <clears throat> and this is not just necessarily, um, you know, to your church. These are offerings that could be to missionaries or sponsor, you know, a child, at children to love, or this is... Um, giving over and above to help somebody out in need. I mean, there's all different ways you can give of offerings in different places. Um, listen to what <clears throat> uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, um, verse 6 through 15. I'm not going to read every verse, but I'm going to hit some of the highlights. Verse 6 says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know what I think about there, too? course I think about offerings that we're talking about but I think about all the different ways that we we can give you know tip your waitress good you know what I mean like if you're you're I that's I think I've talked about this before so if you've heard it sorry but um you know when when we go to a restaurant we're being served by people who they got a lot of bills to pay too let's take care of those people please like let's not be um stingy and let's not be uh, this food's not good enough, so I'm not going to tip, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Let, let's be good examples of Jesus. And Jesus was a giver, man. Let's give, let's give. And he's going to uh, give back to us just as we see. Verse 7, God loves a cheerful giver. It's fun to give. It's fun to make offerings like this. It's fun to see um, somebody's needs met if you're helping them out. It's fun to be able to support wonderful missions trips. It's fun. It's really exciting. You're going to, as you get to this point, um, you're going to really get um, hooked on giving. It's super, super fun to help other people out. Um, and one quick thing about this whole six-step process. 
in different stages of life and different seasons of life, you may only be able to do the first three, okay? You may not even get to four, five, and six, uh, but those are the first three that are the most important. Then once you get to that level where, okay, I have tithed, I have savings, and I'm, all my needs are met, then we move to these next four, five, and six. And like I said, different stages of life, you might only be able to do the first three, and then when you get to a certain stage of life, you can do all six over and over and over again. Um, so <clears throat> number four is give of our offerings. There's another passage that, I don't know if I put it on your outline or not. Let's see, it's right here. I did. Luke 21, 1 through 4. That's the story of the widow's offering. So if you remember, <clears throat> uh, Jesus is in the church and sees, you know, Pharisees and people giving big offerings and, and making a big show of it. But then um, uh, an old widow goes up and gives two coins. And Jesus tells his disciples, truly I tell you, she gave more than all the rest because she gave out of, she gave out of no surplus. I mean, she gave all that she had. So God doesn't, I want, I want to encourage you about this part of things, <clears throat> is that God doesn't look at amounts, okay? He looks at percentages. And that should really encourage a lot of us because um, in certain stages of life, we, we, we feel like, oh, my, you know, $100 tithe isn't, isn't really doing much. But let me tell you, when you're faithful, God multiplies that. And when you're faithful um, with a little, like it says, He's going to really, really set you over much. So don't ever feel like if you gave a little bit, that's not much. Trust me, it is much, okay? Um, God really, really looks at percentages, not amounts. Um, <clears throat> I've had many, many times where God just continued, you know, the, the verse that talks about, oh, I didn't, I didn't even finish. You guys got me distracted here. Verse 10, sorry, I didn't finish verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So many times when um, God's put it on our heart to, to give an extra offering, um, I'm, I'm telling you, it's amazing how he just he continues to bring it back and gives you more, gives you more, gives you more seed. Um, I had a, had a time recently where <clears throat> I was... It was one of those days I was talking about where I was about to pay some, a lot of bills, and um, I was giving first, and God asked me to give more than just our normal amount, and I said, whoa, 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 don't, God, I got a stack of bills right over here. Don't you see that stack of bills? I know you see that. You see everything, and uh, <clears throat> kind of this little, you know, real quick conversation, and he said, do it, do it, and so before I even looked at the bills, I gave the extra, and I paid the bills, and then no kidding, same day, two or three hours later, a customer comes in with a check payment deposit for an order that was $800 more than what we had just given over and above. And I was just like, God, I'm sorry for being an idiot. I'm sorry for not trusting you, and, and, and um, you're so good. So <clears throat> over and over and over again, he's going to do that in your life. As you continue to sow out seed, seed's going to be coming back to you over and over again. So <clears throat> I need one more sip of water. Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> At least one more. Okay, <clears throat> so we're in the middle of our entrusted campaign, as Pastor Roger said last week. If you weren't here, that's what these red envelopes are about, and there's ways you can do it through the interwebs and all that as well, of course, but these are for us to, to take and consider. We're um, going through December 18th, where as a family, 
we're wanting to do some amazing things in the community, and we're wanting to do amazing things nationally. Um, and our focus this year um, is in a multiple different ways, but is, is actually kids' ministry and family ministry and student ministry. Um, so there's a lot of awesome things that we have planned and want to do. Um, one of the big ones is for the all of next year, we'd love to fund through this campaign um, some really powerful, awesome curriculum where um, we'll have videos for Sunday, teaching notes for Sunday, all kinds of games and just tons of really stu- stuff that we've, I've actually looked into this for years and really wanted to, to do it. <clears throat> um, but as, as we were planning this out over the last few weeks, um, the pastors were like, let's focus on family ministries this year. And that curriculum is one thing. So it will be more than just a Sunday morning curriculum. Woo, close to the edge there. Um, <clears throat> it'll be throughout the week, we'll be able to send out emails to parents. Hey, Go through this scripture with your kid, and really, um, we're, we're trying to truly, I mean, we feel like we're, we're doing a decent job, but we want to really grow and really do more and be able to impact our young people, and that goes from uh, two years old to 18 years old, so it's a student ministry thing as well. Also, um, if y'all don't know this, we do Summer Blast right in here, usually in the summer in June, and um, we want to make that just as epic as we possibly can. Um, and then there's other things we want to do. So uh, I don't know if you remember the Above and Beyond from last year campaign we did together. Um, <clears throat> we were able to, and I was, last, year, last week Pastor Roger read a letter from the pastor in Indiana that we, um, we sponsored their worship leader for this past year. And God's doing amazing things up there, guys. And, and we're, we're a part of it, you know? I mean, we don't see it every day and every week, but um, we're all a part of that. And so actually what they need this year, which was so cool how God just works everything together, um, they need a children's pastor. And so we're going to do all we can to support them in that and, and provide them with a salary for a children's pastor. So God's, God's got awesome plans. <clears throat> and I wanted to share with you guys that we already have a $100,000 matching donation. So in other words, what that means is um, everything up to $100,000 will be doubled. So if, you're, if you consider with your family, you're able to give... $500, then it's going to be $1,000. And so every gift that's given is doubled up to $100,000. So what, what's cool about that is there's already a lot of good excitement and energy behind it. We know that um, God's in this, and we know um, that God's going to do awesome things. So just prayerfully consider if you can be a part, and um, we'd love for you to if, you, if you're able to. And again, this is, this is a family thing. Like, this is us together as the, the believers and the members of Generation Church impacting our community here, impacting nationally and internationally um, so I'm excited for that. So, all right, back to a quick review. I'm getting close to the end here. Um, give of our tithe, save for emergencies, spend on our needs. Then we give offerings over and above the tithe. <clears throat> and then, fifth, we save, but we save in an investing mindset or a growth mindset. So just like the parable told us, these guys the first two, obviously understood this investing idea and growing your money. They obviously didn't take five talents and go say, hey, I'll give you my five talents if you give me 10 talents. And that's not going to work, right? That's not how you do it. Nobody's going to do that. I'm not going to be able to give Helen $5 and she give me back 10. Why would she do that? Um, she ha- they had to take some steps of faith. They had to step into faith and investing and with a growth mindset. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't really consider and don't really think about, um, but honestly, we're all called to this. Remember, we looked back at the very initial intent, be fruitful and multiply, and this whole parable wouldn't even be a thing in the Bible if we're not called to invest our money and to grow our money. So 
Um, again, you got to do it in order. You got to have the other five, uh, four steps done. And then think about investing and growing your money. Proverbs 13, 22 says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. In order to leave an inheritance to your children's children, you're going to have to invest and grow your money. Um, so the only thing I'll say here is be uh, wise and try to diversify. Um, it's not smart to just invest in one thing um, because that can go away. <laughs> uh, but just spread it out and, and you know, you're going to have ups and downs in every different area. But just really start to think as you've done the other four steps, okay, how can I grow my money? Because that's, that's what God has called us to do. And finally, the last one, spend on your wants. Okay, wow, he's telling us we can get what we want. That's cool. But it has to be in the proper order. Okay, it has to be in the proper order. So a lot of people get it flipped upside down and do this thing backwards. And they get their paycheck and they think, oh, I want a boat or I want a whatever. I want a shirt. I want a jacket. I want shoes. Um, and they go ahead and just go, go spend the money on what they want first. Then they say, okay, well... I uh, probably don't have enough money to save because I just spent most of it. I got to pay my bills. Let me pay my bills. And hopefully they have enough to pay their bills. And then you get back down to the, the, what the flip side is the bottom. And okay, yeah, I got a little bit left. I can tithe or I can give. But it truly has to be flipped around. It truly has to be give first of our tithes. It then has to be saved for emergency. Then it has to be spent for our needs. Give of offerings. Save and invest for, for growth reasons. And then, as we've done all five of these things, then God, it's okay to get what you want, okay? I don't want to, um, you know, worry you to think that you're bad for buying something that you like. That's not what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> but it, we have to have done all the other steps first. And um, one thing that I want, I don't know if, I don't think it's on your outline, but no, it's not. Um, just write this, there's a little space at the bottom. And this relates to more than just money, but it really does relate to money. Everything in your life gets better when you become more selfless. Okay, notice the spending for ourselves is at the bottom of the list. Now, it's okay to get things you want, but everything in your life gets better when you become more selfless. So we'll have the worship team come up, and I got one more scripture to read that um, I think hopefully we'll wrap this up in a good way. Um, I hope you've been encouraged in the ways that we can be faithful over a little. So Ray, if you'll throw them up here. Just one more time, in order. Number one, give of our tithe. Two, save for emergencies. Three, spend for our needs. Then we go through it again in another way. Give of offerings. Save in an investing growth mindset and then spend for your wants. So let's read out of Matthew 6, a passage that Jesus spoke about money. And I think, again, it just, it, it, this is kind of going back to the beginning of having the proper mindset for money. <clears throat> Matthew six nineteen through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And we do that by the way that we use our money to glorify God in other ways, but that's what we're talking about today. We, we store up treasures in heaven by the way that we use our treasure here. Uh, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, 
your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And here's what we got to key in on. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You've, we've got to keep it in perspective. We've got to know um, our, our sustenance and what we come and what we get and what keeps us going is from God. Um, yes, there's right ways, as we just talked about, of how we should handle our money, but we've got to remember the eternal mindset, and that's that um, God, is, God is ultimately in control, and money is a tool, but we don't need to, we don't need to serve it. We don't need to let it get too big in our lives, because so, it's tempting. It, it, it's something that really um, Satan uses, unfortunately. So um, I hope you've been <clears throat> really encouraged today, and I hope that um, maybe some area of your life you've you've seen where um, you could do better. And I, I want to walk this w- journey with you. Um, if, if anybody, you know, has any questions or wants to talk further about even some of the business things I mentioned, I would love to love to chat with you now or, you know, in the next few weeks or whatever. But um, just as we continue to go through this parable, let's all be thinking about all the things that God's entrusted us with and how we can serve him better. So I'm going to pray for you and then we'll, uh, we'll stand up and worship together. <clears throat> Father God, I just come before you right now and thank you for, um, once again, Lord, the opportunity to be here together, God. And each person in this room and each person listening online, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us, Father, to see money the way that you see money and really be able to honor you with, with what you've, you've entrusted to us, Lord. Just equip us and give us new ideas, new creative ideas of how we can be better in this six-step process and um, really to um, just be encouraged, Lord, as we go into this week, Lord. Um, I know we're going to have opportunities, and like we talked about earlier, there's tons of decisions we make regarding money. Help us even this week to just be better and to do better and to glorify you more. And uh, just pray for even the scripture out of 2 Corinthians 9 to come true in our lives, Lord, that you're going to continue to provide seed to the sowers, Lord. Help us to be sowers, and we just thank you for it, Lord. I pray for my friends today. Just be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.